0: just organically ease into our usual casual banter before we start <laughs> recording our real podcast. Um, um,
1: <laughs> super okay, This,
2: this doesn't super really qualify as uh, <laughs> like usual banter, but I'm actually li- in the middle of listening to a podcast episode about the rise of Japanese fascism and just a, a small connection to possibly to Death Note Again, I have I don't know the mind of the, the writer, so this is just a random guess, but do you find it interesting that the architect of Japanese fascism was also the highest-ranked student in Japan of all time? when he? Uh. Was a few- <laughs> maybe a coincidence, maybe not. Katie, you are
3: a champion multitasker. I'm so impressed yeah. that you could listen to a podcast and be on a podcast at the same time. Wow. <laughs> it's like multi-threaded cognitive skill
0: <laughs> was, was this behind the bastards? Yes, it was. Cause I also listened to that three-part episode <laughs> and I was like, wow, I kind of had an inkling of how bad things were in world war II era Japan. But like that episode really fleshed out a lot more insights uh, into Just how bad it was.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Nothing good comes from fascism. And
0: and also, it was like also the the Reconstruction Era too. Like that 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 guy still had a position of power after the war ended. Uh Americans were like, yeah, sure, that guy can be in charge of stuff. Whatever.
2: I'm not out of that part (laughs) yet, so hooray.
0: (laughs) Oh, sorry. Spoilers. Spoilers. (laughs) The Americans put someone of questionable moral character in charge of stuff after a war. Okay.
1: <laughs> On that
2: exciting, um, cheerful note, uh, welcome to Trade Waiters. <laughs> Uh, we are gonna do our sequel to our Death Note episode. We're gonna look at volumes three and four of Death Note today.
3: Yay, I'm excited. I'm I, I did a quick reread this morning. And yeah, I'm like I'm really glad we decided to do four books of this because I think I think whoever said this, we were talking about them that like you really gotta get up to Misa for this. Well, so Death Note really feel like something, I think.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. yeah.
0: I well, so I was gonna say I appreciate you both indulging me in the next two volumes because I was, I was think I was the one that had said like, I, it seems like we we need to keep going, and I had read ahead because uh, some a friend of mine who's a big fan of Death Note that was that was what they had said is oh, like, okay, the Death Note is nothing until you get
3: to Misa. Okay. And- well, they were totally right.
2: <laughs> uh, I'll also say, in my opinion, uh, I don't think we should go further than the fourth volume. Um, like, I did <laughs> Just read...
3: delete Death Note after this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I read when I originally read Death Note, uh, I read like another two volumes after that. And I remember thinking at the end of volume six, I guess it was, huh, you know, the story kind of falls apart after volume four. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know if I would say, well, I mean, sorry, I I did read ahead as well, but I haven't gotten to like where it maybe goes really off the rails. But like, I will say that I felt like volume four was like a soft reboot. Mm. Like it it felt to me like the creators sort of were started out with like, okay, we're going to have this cat and mouse game between L and light and it's gonna be about the two of them and when are they gonna meet and how are they gonna discover each other? And then they played that out and we're just like, okay, um, we still have to make like eight more volumes. So uh, uh, what if uh, like uh, memory <laughs> reboot, memory reset, there we go. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: no, I,
2: I feel like there's probably something along those lines happened. I mean, if we know anything about the way monthly or weekly or whatever uh shown in comics work is you know you have a story but you don't know how long you're going to have it for so the smart way to do it is to write a beginning and write an end and then drag for the middle and then wrap (laughs) it up really fast when you're going to get canceled
0: yeah so yeah i kind of assumed uh and i i I my reading kind of stalled out after I read five and six so that's where I've I've sort of finished but I've kind of assumed that essentially everything's kind of in suspended animation until light gets his memory back and then that will be like whatever ending was basically supposed to happen at the end of volume four uh, <laughs> kind of my outlook on it
3: <laughs> I see very good are we doing character building questions with stuff? Oh, right, yeah, yeah thank sure. you,
2: I forgot. I need to get my memory checked. Um, so I do have a character building question, although I don't know if it counts as a character building question. I think it's gonna be a fun question anyways. My, my question was last time we talked about, or we, we joked about like, oh, who would you write in the death note? And I think we generally came to the idea that nobody should be writing names in death notes. <laughs> uh, so my question then is, who do you think would be the... Well, it's a two-parter. So first part is, who do you think would be the worst person to have a death note? Oh, God.
0: <laughs> okay. And second part?
2: Second part <laughs> is, who would be the best person to be the one to track that person down to basically play L's
3: okay. role? The worst L... Sorry, the wor- the worst light and the best L. This kind yeah. of... yeah. That oh, is a toughie, toughie. <laughs> and again, like I don't think anyone should be writing things in Death Notes. And there's a lot of
1: people who would be better than Death Notes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. I'm Jeff Ellis and I'm super overwhelmed with the number of terrible people I'm aware of who should absolutely <laughs> have access to a Death Note. Probably, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm gonna say, like, I think and there's so many people, there's a huge mountain of people, but like, I think the one that stands out is, uh, Alex Jones. Oh, because he's so crazy that I think there would be a lot of like innocent lives lost. There'd be a lot of like collateral damage where I feel like, you know, someone, someone like a Tucker Carlson or like a, a Mitch McConnell, like they would be very targeted. They would, they would like kill other you know, politicians and cronies and people that are of questionable character to begin with. But I feel like, you know, some some innocent lives would definitely be lost if if Alex Jones had the death note. We catch him. I mean, he would just be on YouTube bragging about it. And <laughs> everyone would just know.
2: Um, that's, that's the flaw. Yeah.
0: But yeah, see, I don't know. I can't think of a famous detective type person in real life that would would, would be the right person to hunt him down. Um, I mean, yeah, it's like, this is a sad statement on our society that I can think of hundreds of horrible people that would, should be kept away from the death note. I can't think of a, a saintly, uh, wonderful person that would, uh, be well-equipped to stop such horribleness.
3: (laughs) I don't think they need to be saintly. They just no, need to L's be not a saint. doggedly well, determined yes, and yeah. clever. And so here's, here's here's my answer. My name is Jam. like the condiments. And I think that the the as I'm put on the spot, the nightmare scenario that jumps to mind is Jeffrey Bezos with a death note.
2: Ooh, because he's I smart. Think, he would use it.
3: Well, here's the thing. He... The impression that I get from Jeffrey Bezos is that he is very dispassionate in his analysis. So he's not going to be very, you know, he's not a bleeding heart and being like, oh, should I, should I not use the death note? I don't know. So like he he would use it and he would be brutally efficient with it, I think. Uh, And I think that would be bad for all of us. So similar to Jeff's idea, I think he would be very strategic in the way that he's using it in a way to like if he wanted to destabilize a country because it benefited him in some way he could do that if he wanted to like destabilize politics destabilize unions he could totally just do it with brutal efficiency and would not shed a tear or hesitate Uh, so i think that would be bad and i'm glad he probably doesn't have a death note (laughs)
1: Like, whatever
2: supernatural power he has, it's not specifically access to a Shinigami.
3: Yes. And so if I were to empower someone else to a similar godlike status in order to track and stop Jeffrey Bezos, I would hand that power to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> she is doggedly determined and sees how things work and is unapologetic in her way of spelling out what needs to happen and how it should happen and has proven herself to be very clever and determined and strong. So I would, I would give that power to (laughs) AOC. That's a good answer.
2: You both have much better answers than the ones I had prepared. (laughs) 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 Um, My original uh, person who I don't want to have a death note, I I was thinking of like a, uh, a, a state leader, someone like maybe Assad, who's like already like a very dangerous person but like would be more dangerous with more power. But uh, I think I'm gonna change my answer uh, based on what Jam said. And instead I'm gonna say Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, I feel like he would maybe not use it as often but he much like Jeff Bezos, he would use it very strategically. And at the same time he has access to like literally the, uh, every, all the world's information. He can get your name in your face. <laughs> that's what his whole thing is, is knowing oh
1: that.
3: good point point.
2: <laughs>
0: and he, he made uh, the
3: Facebook. It's i was like oh, oh no it is a death note oh god
2: <laughs> oh man <laughs> and he is on record as wanting to be a roman emperor so <laughs> <laughs> uh, and as for people to uh catch him uh, i was thinking maybe an edward snowden who is good at uh being in hiding and uh finding out information
3: Ooh, i like that
0: oh yeah snowden that's a good call you guys have good yeah i don't know i need to get a little more hopeful uh, (laughs) because you guys thought reminded me there's are there are a couple good folks
2: uh oh yeah no the 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 people (laughs) who are most like l are uh like l not likely to be well known
0: yeah I was just looking at the publishing date for Death Note and it's like 2003. So where was where was Facebook at in 2003? Like were people uh like just getting, There
3: was. Yeah, it was just starting.
0: Were people just getting bitten by zombies back then? And like No. It was like started? it was
3: in the MySpace Facebook transition. So oh, okay, around so around 2002-2003 Right. When, because that's just when I was starting university, and that like Facebook started as a university's only thing. Right. So you had to have, I remember it being a big deal. Um, My original Facebook login was my UBC email address login, because at the time that was the only way you could get into one. Okay. So I think, yeah, it was just starting. So.
0: Okay. I'm just like, I'm I'm thinking of what a game changer that. The existence of facebook would be to the story like it's mm-hmm. a sort of like it feels like when people talk about oh this movie wouldn't work if people had cell phones i feel like death note wouldn't work with facebook because like light could just be like facebook death note and just putting them together and it's mm-hmm. like and people up i got your face and your name
2: like. <laughs> like i will say to the author's credit uh they do use the technology that existed in 2003 very effectively yeah. like there's the key scene where Misa uh, has seen Elle, and all Light has to do is text her so that she can let him know Elle's name, and then they can get rid of Elle, Uh, and then in that split moment, it doesn't work out because um, Elle has, like, nicked her phone, but, I mean, they're, they're obviously using the cell phone technology that they have to its greatest extent, which not all stories bother to do. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And they use uh, website profiles as well. So Misa is unusual in that she has a highly public profile. Uh, And she's also able to say like, oh, okay. So I don't see this photo on the Toho University website, but I can get a junior high yearbook. You can just buy them apparently. And and so I think uh, I agree with that. Like the technology of the era is being... Well utilized, but it is scary. Okay. So Shining Aren't real. The death note's not real. So <laughs> from a privacy perspective, it is a little bit sobering how much more of our information is is available.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. I I mean it's it's funny because when Facebook came out, I had a friend who just like right from its inception, he's just like. Oh, I wouldn't put my stuff on there. Like you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't join. You shouldn't put your info there. And I'm just like, "Oh, it's just a bit of fun. Don't be a wet blanket." And now it's like 20 years later and I'm like, "Hey man, do you have any like advice for like how I can like reduce my footprint online?" <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's interesting cuz you know, he's done a really good job and he was telling me. He's like, "You know, I've done really well." He's like, "But all I've managed to do is create A me-shaped hole in the internet because like his wife and his kids are online and like there's all this connective tissue that just leads to a dead end but if you look at those dead ends it's like oh there's a guy here we just don't know a lot about this person but this is there is a person here right
3: we don't know a lot about him officially
0: yeah like
1: Uh, the
0: background of this photo and this other person's profile though you know like yeah
3: in, in data science circles, the term that they use is shedding data. Mm. So as we go about our lives, we are shedding data all the time, this metadata from the pictures that we take and the tweets that we send and the GPS signals that we track around us. Uh, Chelsea Manning actually has a really good South by Southwest talk online that speaks a little bit about how these algorithms came to be and what you should think about. When you're interacting with them. Uh, I I could go on for hours about this. I think about it a lot. So we should probably get back to it.
2: <laughs> so any other thoughts about uh this part of Death Note?
0: Which which part? Like the
2: uh well, volumes three and four.
0: Oh oh. I mean like generally, like what sure. happens in it? I mean one thing connected to the technology of the time is it kind of drove me crazy at the beginning of volume three, where he has a, apparently a television that fits inside of a bag of chips. Uh, I was like, I don't citation needed. I don't think that that's a thing that you could have in 2003, but, um,
1: for
3: sure, for sure. People used to have, um, like if you would go to a baseball game you would have a little personal radio and some people had like personal televisions with like this giant ass antenna that you would use to be able to watch instant replays and listen to the play-by-play commentary that you wouldn't be able okay. to hear if you were in the stands. so for sure that technology did exist okay,
2: okay. and if it existed like you would definitely have been able to get it in a Tokyo area
3: absolutely
0: right right, right. but yeah yeah. I don't know. It was, uh, it was really interesting, like leading into this volume with like, um, cause at the end of the last volume light is going to have all these, he knows there's cameras in his room and then you start this volume and it turns out he has 64 cameras in his room. Seems a bit excessive, which, which yeah. And that's, again, this is like, I had that moment of just like, wh- where's this budget? Like someone's <laughs> signing off on like 64 cameras in this one room and it's because this like teenager named Elle told them to do it. Like, teenagers rule the world. In this, in this, yeah, no uh, kidding.
3: Death note, like, <laughs> I think Misa is only seventeen, isn't she? Uh,
0: Did they say her she's age? Twenty. She's at they, they want okay. point to say
2: she's twenty.
3: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, like the. But this is when
2: the other two are in college too. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think like I, volume three and four was such a roller coaster ride because it sort of starts with. Like, oh, what's he going to do with these cameras? And then very quickly, he's like, dealt with the cameras. And then it's like, well, now what's going to happen? And then L just joins the same university that Light is going to and like just reveals himself. And like, I will say for twists. Like- yeah,
3: that felt like a really big twist. That was fun. Like, Where yeah, it's like how lo- How are they going to like keep playing this cat and mouse and neither of them know who the others are? And L is like, now nah, I'm just going to go and.
0: i I like that like i think that's what kept me reading too like because then i was just like oh he just walks up and like admits it but then they're kind of circling each other where it's like well i think you're i think you're kira but i'm not sure so i'm gonna hang around with you until i'm sure and it's like "Oh, i think you're l but i'm not gonna try to kill you until i'm sure and like
2: yeah so they're like pretending to be friends with each other
0: yeah like that sort of plausible (laughs) deniability between the two of them. That was really interesting. And then like Misa shows up or like, well, we don't know it's Misa right away, but like then the whole story just goes nuts. Just crazy town. Like <laughs> when the, the video gets dropped off at the news station and like policemen are just dropping dead and you're just like, what is happening? Like, this is crazy. And then it turns out there's, sorry, I'm sorry, I guess I'm re- recapping. Sorry. No, no I
1: love it. You're on a like, man.
0: Uh the you know, then it it turns out that there's like a whole other death note, and somebody has taken the deal and gotten the shinigami eyes so they can see names without like if they see your face, they see your name, and so they can kill you remotely. And so Misa has been orchestrating all this publicity to contact Kira because Misa is obsessed with Kira, and then ultimately light has to meet up with Misa and then. Misa really wants to be Light's girlfriend. And we can talk about that uh, in a little more depth later. Um, But then like, yeah, Misa's like trying to be his partner in crime. And then he realized because she's got the eyes, he can take advantage of that. But then she's kind of sloppy. And so like at this point, Elle has realized these connections. And so just when it looks like, you know, everything's coming up light and he's going to kill Elle, Misa gets arrested and Light's got to come up with a new plan. Uh, But then it turns out, which I wrote a note in here that like the mythology of Death Note is a yes and mythology. So yes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And if you give away the Death Note, your memory gets wiped. So Misa gives away the Death Note. So she forgets that she ever was involved with Kira. And then Light, doesn't confess to being Kira, but he confesses to being worried that he might subconsciously be Kira and agrees to be imprisoned until they're sure he is innocent. And like, I don't think he officially gives away the death note, but basically the next volume, he gives away the death note. And so then volume five, it kicks off with like light and Misa's memories are completely wiped of the events of anything involving Shinigami and it's like a soft, it's like a soft reboot. Like we're starting over again because nobody knows about anything suddenly. Um. Uh,
3: I had a lot of fun in this volume. I think your your observation that it's a yes and mythology, Jeff, is spot on. And I had a lot of fun with the the rules. They did a really good job, the writers, with this too. Uh, to not make the rules feel like deus Ex machina.
2: Mm, that's true.
3: Ironic turn of phrase, but, uh, (laughs) and yet still feel like internally consistent, even though we're slowly discovering them. I think there were some really fun rules to the eyes that were, uh, revealed and exploited at the same time.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, so the big one for Misa is that if you are a person with Shinigami eyes, you can see your name, but you can't see how much life you have left. And this is apparently true of all death note users. And so she very cleverly decides to use that power to spot light Yagami in a crowd because she could see his name, but not his age or sorry, not his time of death. I don't know how many, di- how much time he has left
1: uh, a year he got before
0: he dies, I think.
3: Yeah, but <laughs> she can see that for everyone else. And so it's, it's revealed and utilized in the same moment. And it's uh it's uh, really fun.
1: Uh, also really helps the,
2: the plot stuff. too because if you introduced a an element where you know when a character will die, if you have that for the main characters, that can spoil your plot.
3: It can and it can't. It's interesting. Like the you can I we were just talking I was uh brushing up on some older pages of Oh Human Star and there's a plot point around when one of the characters is known to have died but the reader doesn't yet know
1: right uh,
3: how this character died it wasn't like revealed in the narrative and so that date as it creeps closer it kind of like it builds suspense
1: mm.
3: uh, we're not talking about that today I was just like literally reading mm. it today so it not necessarily is okay. what I will say about that not uh-huh. necessarily but you're right the way that it was chosen to be incorporated in this plot was very, very interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like part of the reason that four volumes of Death Note is enough for me is uh, at this point, it's clear that the series is very plot-driven. And, and it's, like, really good at that. Like, the, the twists and turns of the plot are, like, exciting and fun, and, like, I don't know what's going to happen next. I need to find out. Uh, but on reading it the second time through it's like well okay I know how how this is going to go now and so what I really want is more character development and it's not going to give me that so I don't know I mean that's that's not necessarily a reason not to read it because like the plot stuff is really fun and clever but it's also like it's the, the story is good at this one thing and then like suffers in a couple of other areas
3: yeah and those other areas happen to be what you most enjoy about comics
2: yeah especially yeah, on a second that makes sense. like I think the second read is the one where I'm really feeling that
0: mm. I mean I, I I listened to our first recording where we did the volumes one and two and I think that primed my brain a little bit when I was going back through these three and four and yeah I was kind of just taking note of like why people were getting killed like the crimes they committed and like especially when nisa is trying to get attention like Misa's just killing like a i think it was like a pickpocket and like somebody who embezzled some funds and you're just like what no like this is just like and news anchors yeah that's right like news anchors who disrespected kira like
2: uh-huh. um yeah, the fire is getting really low at this point in the start I-
0: like I do, and, but like, I, I don't know, I, it's like, we were talking about how it would be nice if they dug into the morality of that, and then they don't really dig into the morality of that. Like, it is, it's just more like, yeah, yeah, like these pickpockets died. But anyways, but like, what about this cat and mouse game? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, like the cat and mouse game's fun, but like, there's a lot of collateral damage to this cat and mouse game that's sort of getting like swept under the rug.
2: Uh, I, I don't think it's that the writer is unaware of that necessarily. I think it's more that the story is just so focused on a limited point of view. Like you can kind of see the edges of the fallout from this where mm-hmm. like people are gen- genuinely outraged at what's happening but we'd only see that for a split second each time because like then we're back to like, oh, what are, what are our main characters gonna do next? Cause right. they like, um, Light is clearly a, a sociopath where he just doesn't care. Uh, and Misa is kind of too; like she'll kill anyone. Doesn't matter. She does not even very concerned about her own life. And, and L is just so laser focused on he's got to solve this crime, and for good reasons. But it, like he's also like not focused on the fallout because almost because he can't afford to be because like he has a job to do.
0: Right. Right.
3: I I agree. I think that the, the way that this story unfolds is very much driven by the personalities of the main characters. Uh, but I wanted to add on to your point, JD, of saying like the reason that you didn't want to keep reading is uh, because there wasn't enough character development. And I also, when I first started reading this, I fell off around this point. I think I, I maybe got to five or six, I can't quite remember. But another aspect, like another interesting aspect that would have kept me around longer, I think is that I'm always interested when there's a unique power or like from a world building perspective, I always want to see what are the broader ramifications of this thing existing? Mm, So like, what are the ramifications of a Death Note and Shinigami really existing in real life and sometimes just falling in the hands of humans like how did that affect history mm-hmm. Does, is this happening in other parts of the world how do you like what are the perspectives of the everyday people who need to now live in terror of Kira you know and it's a uh, there's other aspects to explore that would have interested me more but the cat and mouse is really really well done and for what it's for what it is and what it's doing it's it's very well done
0: mm-hmm. yeah I, I will say like when I was in the cat and mouse it was really good cat and mouse like especially like the internal thoughts like i actually think once l reveals himself like all the internal thoughts between light and l where it's just like did he say that because he meant it or did he say that cuz he was trying to mislead me to get me to react and if i react this way then he'll know that that like you know and they're just like looking for like little like micro expressions in each other's faces to try and figure out what the truth is and That was pretty cool. Um, But yeah, reading this a second time, I actually, just to echo what you were saying, Jam, I I was thinking like, I would love to see like a mini series made by somebody else that's like set in the Death Note universe. But it's just Mm. like some guy who's just going through his day, but like every day on the news is like, these like Kira videos are beaming in and like all these criminals keep dying. And like the police are just like, helpless you know like just being like somebody on the sidelines like wow this is a crazy world I live in
2: (laughs) or yeah or what if someone found a death note who isn't a sociopath but is maybe Uh... not the best person either Mm
1: -hmm. and like
2: what what kind of like moral dilemmas would they find themselves in
3: that's interesting uh I was thinking uh one of my favorite visual metaphors that happened in book three was the tennis match between (laughs) light and yell light and L and so so funny where they they decide to meet and they're like let's be fake friends and so they they decide to have a tennis match and light is like oh uh when you asked me to play tennis with you did you know that i was a really good tennis player and i was like oh don't worry about it i was british junior champion you know but what's really which is really funny but like what in that scene the kind of like ping-ponging of the of the ball back and forth is overlaid with this psychological cat and mouse like back and forth as well and yeah. uh i thought that was a really fun way to portray this kind of intensity of the internal battle between them and death note kind of became a sports anime for <laughs> <a lot of laughs> there. it was really fun
2: and also pretty accurately reflecting like their point of view on this whole situation where this, there's this life and death struggle going on but to them it's kind of a game
1: mm.
3: yeah that's a really good point as well yeah yeah
2: and, and some great body language like l despite doing like this physical activity still very much looks like himself I with his it. weird posture
3: i love l i love the way he just interacts with the world i love when he stands up at the podium and he holds out the paper that he's reading as if it was a wet napkin i love the way he pulls a phone out of his pocket and flips it open backwards before dangling it in front of his ear it's amazing the way that l is drawn is a cut above i just love i love it Uh
0: Uh oh yeah no that's like super top-notch uh character design like just the facial expressions, the body language,
2: like, um,
0: even when like
2: L and light are like walking side by side with each other, like, and L is standing up as straight as he can he's still kind of like hunched over a little bit like he just he can't make those last few centimeters yeah
3: i loved the line where it's like oh you know we'll sit in the back of this cafe because people can't see you sitting weirdly and he's like oh well you know uh if i sit normally my cognitive ability drops 40 percent, so i just don't
2: which implies that he's done some tests on himself
3: i love it i love it
2: what i
0: love how he just sees everything in percentages like it's just like at a certain point he's talking to light's dad and he's like yeah i think your son might be kira and then the dad freaks out, obviously. And then it's like, well, don't worry. I'm only 3%. I only think 3%. There's a 3% chance. Yeah.
3: And, then, like, and after- he's always like revising it up and down. Yeah. <laughs> after,
0: he interacts- after he interacts with light, he's like, I think maybe it's a 5% chance. And then like later, light does something and it's like, um, it's a 2% chance,
2: you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is like that's kind of the stereotype of what people think smart people will talk like, but it also suits him so well that I'm not I'm not going to call the author on that. Oh,
0: no, 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 five. that was great. That was great. Um <laughs> last episode we talked a little bit about and you you sort of led into it here but the sort of fascist overtones of Death Note and I think I really felt that in the kind of like end of the the third book when like the video gets sent to the news station and it's just like you will play this video or we will kill the president of your network and you know like they so then they play the video and it's just like okay this the police you're gonna work with me or i'm gonna start killing you and uh-huh. like this person made me unhappy and i'm killing them and like nobody else should talk bad about kira or they're gonna die and it was like the yeah, it just, it really, the fascism, it, it was getting real fashy there uh, in that, <laughs> that chapter. <laughs> yeah, um, and
3: the fact that the book is uncritical of that, I think yeah. is, a, is a, a problem. I don't know. Uh,
2: I don't, yeah, I think it's it's uncritical in that it doesn't spend time criticizing it, but I think it is accurate in its depiction of like, if this was a thing, yeah, it would end up being pretty fashy.
0: Yeah,
3: okay. This is exactly that how makes sense. Play out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I don't know, and then, of course, like, Light is just this super, like, golden boy, perfect male power fantasy in all aspects. Like, all, the women, all the women want to date him. He has multiple girlfriends. Like... Misa's like falls in love with him instantly after meeting him. <laughs> um you can probably hear some of the disdain in my voice. Um I don't know.
3: So It's interesting. I think I I we mentioned this last episode. My memory's pretty bad, but I think we talked a little bit about how unrealistic it would be for L to be a teenager and uh, how if this character did exist and he was as weird as he was, then having this kind of career would suit him, where he's you know very much behind the scenes. And what struck me reading this is that one of the key differences, even though they are very cat and mouse and their intellect is very high, uh, is that L either can't or won't mask to conform with uh, societal expectations, and L is or sorry, Light is amazing at it. L is like uh, it excels at being whatever people are expecting him to be.
0: Right, that's a good point. And I was actually I made a note reading like books three and four. Is there was a couple moments with light where like the mask slipped off. Yeah, yeah. I, he's a terrible person. <laughs> awful, awful, I- awful person.
3: I really like the way that it's uh, drawn, it's illustrated in, especially around books three and four, when he's masking to someone like Misa, and still like going through the plan in his head of like, oh, perfect, you know, I'll get, I'll get her to off L. And uh, then like, you see his his face is like, very, very dark, because he's not looking where anyone can see him. And you can see the the psychopathy kind of reflected in the illustration. And I Mm -hmm. think that's, it's really interesting as well.
2: Yeah. Uh, We should really talk about Misa too.
3: Yes. Yeah. uh,
2: This uh, book's gender garbage.
3: There is some gender (laughs) garbage. Yeah. Overall, I really like Misa. I think uh, she's got some really interesting nuance to her character in terms of her motivations. Like, she has a motivation that makes sense in terms of, like, Kira saved her... Well, let me see if I can get this straight. Burglars murdered Misa's parents.
1: Uh-huh. And they
3: were going to get acquitted, but Kira murdered them anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, and so she feels like she owes a debt to Kira. And I think that's a really strong motivation. I really like her character where she is, you know, she kind of plays. It's, it's, a, it's another kind of way of social masking, right? You know, she kind of plays this ditsy character uh, who's a model and is like, oh, I'm just small and cute, but she's smarter and, you know more sociopathic than she lets on uh I love her whole goth cute goth aesthetic I think it's really fun uh so there's a lot that I like about Misa
2: yeah yeah no I think like the the problem isn't Misa so much as that she's the only female character in the whole series that has any depth at all and yeah a lot of what is her deal fits very closely with gender norms
3: that's true. Like if the we fact had more that her characters then
2: she would make more sense.
3: The fact that she's immediately put a a severe like intelligence rank below the other two not to say that it's like it's necessary for everyone to be at the same intelligence level but I think it's almost they had more respect for Misa as a concept when the gender was unknown. Mhm. I think you can kind of get a little bit of that and uh, light especially is like, Oh my God, she's an idiot and she's (laughs) messing everything up and this is infuriating and I want to punch her. And he says at one point and. uh, Yeah.
1: yeah. And
2: I think to be fair to Misa, she's not dumb. She's pretty smart. She's just not like a supernatural super genius like the other two. Yeah. And like, on the one hand, I'd like that there's a character who has a death note who's not a super genius. Who's just like, pretty smart i think that can make for an interesting story but on the other hand it's like well but she's the only female character and her like defining trait is that she's not as smart as the other two
3: there's I mean, also like rain pender's fiancé, who's unfairly yeah. killed in the beginning yeah uh, there's
2: the so mob, again like there's she's smart sister. but not as smart so that's why she fails
0: because because a 17 year old boy walked up to her <laughs> and was like hey uh you can tell me all your secrets. Cause my dad is like on the investigation team. And she's like, okay, let's go for a t- Let's go for a coffee. And I'll tell you all about my life story.
2: Including you know, how to spell my name.
0: Like, like, like older women are to do when a 17 year old boy approaches them and says, Hey, go, come for coffee with me. Like yeah, a woman in your like thirties, you're like, yeah, sure. Let's go for coffee. 17 year old.
3: <laughs> Yeah, so there is, there is a bit of unfairness. It's not the most egregious one I've ever seen, but it's frustrating. It's frustrating because I do, like I kind of mentioned, I, I, I do like Misa as a character. Yeah. And I want to see her <laughs> treated well. And then the fact that it's like, we're going to like, not just arrest her, but, like, jacket her in, like, this really mm, kind of, like... And then when they, like, arrested Light, they're like, oh, we'll put headphones and we'll, like, handcuff you. It's like, yeah. hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Where's the got... straightjacket for L <laughs> Like, for Light, what's going on here? Oh,
2: and yeah, no. To be fair They don't keep her like that in, like, the next volume they let her out. But it's still like, no, you kept her in there for a long time.
3: Why did you deprive her of water for three days? But there's, like... That's
2: not, that's not safe.
3: But,
0: like, even the, like... I don't know it's just like the way that like the the choice of like the leather straps like it's very bdsm there's like something very kind of like fetishy about the way they have her all bound up and blindfolded unnecessary,
3: unnecessary.
0: Uh, yeah like
3: and if this is light's doing because or sorry if this is l's doing because Elle mentioned mention you had a crush on her like i am disappointed in you all. Ooh. No, it's, it's an nice. overrage of power
2: yeah Yeah, yeah, That's the one thing that's supposed to be the good part about Ella is he doesn't overreach his power. So if he's doing that, I'm not okay.
0: Yeah. But yeah, Misa Misa was like a really, I mean, I will say just like a fun character design because like that in the 2000s, like that kind of like gothic Lolita look was just like super hip in Tokyo. And and fits with the story. Like the
2: whole story is aesthetic, is like total goth
0: yeah, like of course, this Goth girl's gonna love Kira. Um, <laughs> like it, the the character design, like the costuming and stuff was like really spot on. but I did I did find it really disappointing that like they sort of set up that okay, there's this other person with a notebook and they've orchestrated this complicated series of events. And, you know, light is kind of critical at the time. Like, oh, why did they do this? Why did they do this? And then like, when he actually meets Misa, she's got some answers. It's like, oh, I'm not that stupid. I, I my friend was the one that stuffed the envelope and this and that. Um, But then like, she's immediately just like, I just want you to love me and be my boyfriend. And here's, yeah. the, here's the death note. You can have all the power and I'll just like do whatever it takes to support you in your efforts, dear. It's just like.
3: Immediate subservience is what it is.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think, I think in a lot of ways, I felt like Misa just embodied a lot of the tropes in Japanese media the, with the way women are depicted. That I just, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I'm just like, oh, this, this again. Like, I would the, agree with that. Yeah. Immediate subservience and just like being super cute all the time, even when you're tied up and in danger like still managing to like you know like oh mr stalker like you know just speaking in this cutesy way like even in traumatic situations and i don't know it i i i was just like we could do better guys but then i'm also (laughs) viewing this through like a 2020 lens so maybe in 2003 this is as good as we're gonna
2: no, I think we, we've <laughs> read other books by Oba and Obata and like, no, this is, this is a recurring theme.
3: Yeah, right. that's right. We had the same problem in Bakamon, which is more recent than that.
2: Yeah. Um, like I was thinking about this, this question of like, is this the best way to write Misa? Because again, like, like you, Jam, I think she's a really good and interesting character, but I was thinking, okay, how could she be d- done differently and still be an interesting character? Uh, and there is like, if this is the sort of the Sherlock Holmes um, or a take on Sherlock Holmes, there is, uh, I don't, I'm not uh, up on all my Sherlock Holmes lore, but there is a, uh, a female antagonist to Holmes that comes up in some of the stories, isn't there? Which, and I think yeah. her whole deal is that she's actually maybe smarter than Sherlock.
0: Yeah, te- I think, well, um, so technically she was only in one story. But the the yeah the, the twist in the story is that, yeah, she outsmarts Sherlock Holmes. She's like mm-hmm. the one person who outsmarts Sherlock Holmes. And then recent in recent media, people have really gl- glommed onto that. And it's like, that one woman that outsmarted Sherlock Holmes, she's going to be a recurring character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the I know this
3: person, name. I just have to look uh, this up there, Doc.
0: I know a bunch of people are screaming into the podcast right now. <laughs> I can't remember the name either. Um but she shows up in the BBC Sherlock uh, by Stephen Moffat as a as an, a reoccurring ongoing character. She's Barr,
2: second... He's the wrong person to write that character.
0: I mean, yes, but she also shows up in the second movie that they did with um, Robert Downey Jr. Okay. Um, it's like, but if you read the story, it's actually quite misogynistic because is like, oh. just like, this woman outsmarts me like,
1: ugh, like.
2: <laughs> yeah so I don't know I think, I think it would be an interesting uh, alternate version of Death Note to have Misa be someone like that who right. has like her own sort of different slightly different motivations than Kira uh, and maybe like has some failings as well so that like she can get caught up in all of this but isn't like, if this is a story between, uh, of a competition between super geniuses, like, maybe she should be one of them. Maybe that's what, it, they should just, like, go with that.
3: It's Irene Adler.
2: <laughs> okay, that's it, yeah.
0: I just also looked it up, so there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, Irene Adler. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's true, though. Like, I think that, um, especially because, like, I don't know, I, I sort of felt like when this sort of other person with a notebook gets introduced, it kind of unsettles light and his plans and so yeah this idea of like this kind of like goth girl showing up and like with her own agenda and like kind of outwitting l and light would be like a really interesting take because we've been following light and his plans and then to suddenly have like that agenda subverted by somebody else like that would be really interesting
2: hmm yeah a lot of light's problems are because there's this other person there who has a death note like he he almost like even though she is she's like simultaneously how he almost wins but also how he almost loses and like that that really sort of keeps it interesting
0: yeah the yeah i mean i will say i'll give it up for like book four it's like the the end of book four is pretty amazing. Just the way that like all the puzzle pieces are coming into position. Misa's Shinigami agrees to kill L for him. And then out of nowhere, Misa just shows up when he's talking to L. And so she sees L and knows what his name is. And he's just like, all oh, as you were saying earlier, it's like he all I have to do is text her and get the name and then that's going to be it. And you're just like, holy shit, like L's going to die. And then he calls her and then out of nowhere, Elle pulls the phone out of his pocket in like the ultimate, <laughs> ultimate twist, right? Is he stole her <laughs> phone and, and it's like, Oh yeah, I've already arrested her. And she's like in a straight jacket with BDSM <laughs> straps and like,
3: For no reason. <laughs> Don't ask questions. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and also at that point that pretty much gives away that light is Kira. Like I know L is kind of like, Oh, well I need proof. I need proof. Cause like that's, he, he needs to event. His goal eventually is to arrest light and bring him to the cops. So like, he needs to have enough evidence and like all the supernatural stuff going on. It can't just be his like, Oh, it's like 60% sure. Like that's not going to cut it. But yeah, no, I mean, at that point, like he, he must surely know that it's light. Like it's, there's no one else on the suspect list.
0: Yeah. I, I I was, I was kind of disappointed that like L sort of still had the shadow of doubt. Like I really felt like at that moment it should have just been like, okay, this is it. I see you. Maybe it should have been like him trying to convince everyone else, you know,
2: or him debating with himself because he's also said that light is now his only friend. Right. So like, and
3: also like ally in yeah. the in the fight against Kira, you know, yeah. so one of his big motivations is that like, I'm really having a hard time with Kira and I really need allies, so I would really prefer like, mm-hmm. you weren't Kira so you could help me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right.
3: So yeah.
0: one, one other thing that I wanted to kind of go back to with Misa, though, is like Misa's got a double, double whammy tragic backstory. So yes, her parents were killed by burglars, but a stalker tried to kill her. And a shinigami had fallen in love with her because she's just so lovable. And
3: she's so goth. She is the the ultimate goth
0: girlfriend. Yeah, she is so goth and so so, yeah, so goth that he fell in love with her. So then he wrote the killer's name in his book to save her. But if, and, well, and yes, and guys, yes. And if a Shinigami falls in love with a human, they die. So uh, that Shinigami died, which is how the, uh, Rem, the other Shinigami, got a second death note, which he gave to Misa,
2: it's it's really handy to have these shinigami hanging around to gradually uh let out this extra information but only at their own pace
0: yeah
3: yeah and i mean
2: that both (laughs) sarcastically and also no it really does help the story to have that
3: Yeah. yeah having the shinigami is like usually kind of an ambivalent force so rem is interesting in that uh as light mentions uh Rem is very clearly on Misa's side, having basically fallen in love with her as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's a very different dyam- dynamic than we see between Light and Ryuk. Yeah. Because Ryuk doesn't care about Light at all. <laughs> and he will go out of his way to make life like a little bit more challenging to amuse himself. So it is it is fun to see the, the different dynamics with the Shinigami. Yeah,
0: for sure. But, the contrast between Rem and was like pretty great because yeah you, like Ram is just like i will die for this woman like you cannot nothing not a hair on her head can be harmed and light's just like all right well if you don't want to harm then i need you to kill l and he's like well okay, i guess i can do that then
2: <laughs> and like great character designs too like all of the yes. shit again we just have yes. really a plus character designs yes all right really we fun. are basically out of time any final death note
1: thoughts
3: yes i have one from a graphic novel writing perspective, the amount of ground and plot they were able to cover in four books is amazingly impressive. Like these are very four very, very tight books. And uh, although we've had some critiques in the way that characters are written and you know things that we would have preferred be focused on from a writing perspective, this is like a masterclass in manga. So like, yeah, worth reading from... Uh, a comics investigation perspective, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. No, I, you know what? I mean, I'm sorry. I've been, I feel like I've been extra harsh on this book, uh, this episode. No, it's fair. That's your role. That's what you're <laughs> yeah. here for. Yeah, yeah no, but... no. Your, your critiques <laughs> have all been very fair. Yeah. I've been, I've been kind of punchy, but, um, but like, I would say like, I we're, we're reviewing this because I read ahead and I read ahead because I was so compelled by the first two and I didn't stop after this. Like, I'm probably going to start reading volume six, seven soon. So Like, yeah, like there is something to be said about the way this is written, that it does hold you and keeps you reading. And it's actually I feel like it's almost like on the the reread is where like the cracks, you start Mm -hmm. to notice the cracks where like in the moment of just like, oh, God what happens next? Like you're, yeah. you're skipping over the cracks. And then like, it's like, if you review it for a podcast, you're suddenly like, well, that doesn't make a
2: lot of sense.
3: <laughs> really it, is, point, it is it is a page turner.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time I read this, I could not put it down because like in the first two, uh, the end of the second volume, I think it was where there, he's like doing the cat and the mouse with the FBI. I was like, I need to know. I just have to keep reading. Like, you, you know, you get that point in a graphic novel where you're reading so fast, you don't notice the page turns like that's, that's what it was. So yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun.
3: I had a new, the same experience. So I read this in about 2003 and my initial experience of reading it was a like mind blown about the concept of a death note. Oh my God. Like, so 2003 jam. The-
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I think I mean, as, as discussed in volume or in episode one of this, or the first episode we reviewed this is I think, you know, 2003 Jeff would be like, Oh yeah, it's good. She should kill criminals. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: okay. So good, in uh, conclusion,
3: thank God Jeff Bezos doesn't have a death. Note.
2: Yes. <laughs> thank not goodness. Afraid. Like there's no such thing as death notes because like we have enough problems, <laughs>
0: Yeah, don't I need, uh, don't
2: need that problem on top of everything else. We're I, like I, trapped from the rest of Canada and cut off by floods. Oh God. Uh,
0: it's, it's um, I feel I feel at this point in the podcast, I do have to take a minute on behalf of all Jeffries. I have to apologize for Jeffrey Bezos. Uh, <laughs> uh, the council, the council of Jeff's has uh, repeatedly asked him to stop, but he's he's gone rogue. He's just doing his own thing. <laughs>
3: We won't <laughs> hold the actions of Basil against
2: you. <laughs> okay. Any, uh, any shout outs?
3: Yes. I have a shout out. Our last one of our recent episodes was paying the land. Uh, and Jeffrey, you shouted out, uh, high water press. So recently I was able to get, uh, a copy of, our land 150 years, yeah, this, thank you. This you, this place 150 years retold, TD is holding it up because I assume <laughs> he also going to gonna be my shout out it up. Oh man, I've been reading it and it's really good. I'm really glad we read Paying the Land. And this place is basically a perfect counterpart because it is what I really wanted to read when I finished Paying the Land in that it's indigenous stories told by indigenous creators it spans all of Canada. It spans 150 years of history. Oh, we might have to do that in our future up. So that's my yeah. shout out. There's right. one of the
2: stories is about the the Dené um, stopping the pipeline, isn't it?
3: I think it's not exactly the. Oh, maybe it is the Dené. You're right. Yes, yeah, it is. It, so it, it, is, it, 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 is. it is. It is about that same. Um, same event. Same event that was described in pangoland So a different a different perspective on that event.
2: Uh huh. Yeah. And I'll like, I'm not going to pick a different shadow. I'm still on this one. Uh, I'll <laughs> also point out that I really, really enjoyed the last story in the book, especially it's a, it's a science fiction story and it's written by, I'm pretty sure it's written by one of the people who does the um, Métis in space podcast, which is also cool. good. Uh, and it's just like such a good story. Like I want a whole graphic novel of just that story. And, okay.
0: I look forward to it. Oh man, I'm excited. I, so I've I've read a lot of high water press. I haven't read that specific high water press. So now I'm excited. I might have to go order a book
2: after this. Um,
3: <laughs> yeah, VPL will have it when I give it back. So. Oh, all right. Yeah,
2: I got it in like a small bookstore in the suburbs. So it's, it's around.
0: I almost feel like I should then also just shout out this place. But um, I was going to mention, I uh, just recently read Sandcastle, which is the graphic novel that old the M. Night Shyamalan movie was based on oh I've not watched the movie but like it was this was a super creepy uh weird uh European graphic novel that I really enjoyed um Mm. translated from French so it's by Frederick Peters and Pierre Oscar Levy and uh yeah it's like a little it's like a Twilight Zone episode I, I enjoyed it and the art was really good
3: Oh, then I have to check that out. What oh,
2: Sandcastles?
3: Yeah. Uh, Sandcastles. Sand
2: castles. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Jam, what's our next book going to be?
3: It's going to be Stargazing by Jen Wang.
2: The Trade Waiters is presented by Cloudscape Comics. We'd like to thank Sleuth for the music. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Uh, we'd also like to point out that we have a... Is it Coffee or Kofi? I'm not sure. I think...
0: I've heard it said both ways, but I mean, it's got a hyphen. So I would say Kofi.
2: Yeah. So we're we're coming up to the time of year where we have to pay for our SoundCloud account. Um, This podcast is currently doing the opposite of making us money. Um, (laughs) But we definitely want to keep making it. So you could help us out with that by putting a tip in the virtual tip jar.
0: Yeah. So you can go to... uh, ko-fi.com slash trade waiters and that should take you to our donation page
2: uh, i also have a link uh the to the the ko on our tumblr page at the bottom of every post and on the bottom of every post on the cloudscape website it- um, that link is not on soundcloud or itunes or anything else because they won't let us post links
0: It should also be, I'll double check, but it should also be on our Facebook page. Okay. Yeah.
3: Okay. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We love putting together this podcast. Yeah. Thanks,
0: guys.